Hello, and thank you for listening to the Vineyard Church Springbrook podcast of Vineyard Church right here in Alcoa, Tennessee. If you haven't already, you can check out our website for more information about our church or find our audio archive with all of our previous messages at www.vineyardchurch.us. You can also subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts. Now, let's hear this week's message. Today comes from Colossians 1, 15 through 22. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Christ is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for today, and I am thankful for this room. Uh, I ask you to be near today. Um, I pray that as we look at the verses we just read that Chad backstage just told me were too holy to walk during, um, I just ask that your fullness would dwell in us, that your fullness would be in this room, and that we would catch on to that and experience that. Um, We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, Do you like the diagonal chairs? Yeah, I I just switched things up this morning. Um, uh, Here's why. Uh, Happy fall break and rainy Sunday. If you're nervous that our church got really tiny in one week, uh, don't be nervous. Uh, Everyone that I know that isn't in this room is at the beach. So uh, I'm sad you're not at the beach. What are you doing here? Why are you not at the beach? Um, uh, so we are not nervous uh, when when we have Sundays like this. We've actually, I've been looking forward to this Sunday literally for months because I knew it would be small and I wanted to do something different on a small week. It's, it's easier to try new things <laughs> when there's uh, less people to send you emails afterward uh, about it. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to have a little bit of fun today, which I'm really excited about. Um, if, you've, if, if you know have known me for a while or you've been around here for a while, um, you most likely know that I, I grew up in uh, the church. My mom uh, took us to church every time they opened um, the doors. Uh, so I love the church, and I also have big troubles with the church. And one of my troubles um, uh, is that I feel like growing up uh, in the church, we talked a whole lot about what we were supposed to do to follow Jesus. Um, but we were rarely given room to actually try 
those things. <laughs> like, here's what you should do, and then I guess we're supposed to go and try them on our own. But, you know, sometimes it's easier to practice um, with the people who heard the same thing. I don't, I don't know. I was thinking about it this week. Um, my, my boys run cross-country for uh, Coach Holiday over here. And, um, and Coach Holiday loves to talk about running, and she loves to talk to them about running. But what's interesting to me is what she also does with middle schoolers is actually have them run. You know, which is a wild thought uh, at cross country. And not only does she have them run, um, she uh, also looks at like how their feet look. And she, like I actually, during the first song, used my uh, her singing time to ask her what to do about Graham's blisters, which she knows about because she's watched his feet. She knows his stride. She knows these things. And, and so they run all the time. They run almost every day. Um, here's something else. She runs with them. I think that's amazing. Like, she runs alongside them. Um, and they run when it's hot, when it's cold, when it's snowing, when it's raining. They, they run all of the time. They practice all the time because they want to get better at what they do. Um, and so in, in that same uh, field of thinking, one of my great hopes for this room and for this church is that we would be a place where we can actually practice uh, running, <laughs> where we can practice the things that we talk about. This is why I am so, like, relentlessly hopeful about passing the peace and the, how those moments get longer and longer and longer. Sorry, Justin. And um, because uh, I believe in, it's like this time to practice. I believe that we will practice uh, what we say we believe. We believe that we are filled with the hope of Jesus and the outside of this room, we're supposed to bear that peace everywhere. And so for just a few minutes, every single Sunday, we practice bearing the peace of Jesus uh, with one another. It's why we do communion every single week. There's a risk when you do communion every week that it'll become something small or something that uh, maybe feels thoughtless or meaningless. But to me, it's a practice. We practice sacrament. Every single week we practice the art of belonging to Jesus because when you come forward it's this this like I don't know this big huge statement in my mind of like even for this moment I believe I belong and so I'm going to take this bread and I'm going to take this wish it was wine but we work in a school um, uh, take this and we're going to practice this art of belonging and so uh, this is why we do this so that's what I want to do today is I want to uh, practice what we uh, talk about a lot um, we're going to run uh, today do a spiritual practice a spiritual practice is a fancy word for just like practicing the disciplines of faith uh, which is a fancy way to say spending time with Jesus that that's all it is um, to, uh, so that's what we're going to do today. We talk a lot about spending uh, time with Jesus here. So today we're just going to do it uh, all together, which will, you know, might be a little weird, but might be great. We'll see. TBD. Um, so uh, to set up our time together, I just want to give uh, two quick thoughts, um, very brief things. Um, if you've been around us for a while, you know that, that Chad and I have spent pretty much the entire year in Colossians 1. We keep sneaking it into sermons. Um, uh, and, and that's really just because that's what Chad and I have been reading um, all year long. I hope that sets some of you free. If you feel like there's some sort of pressure that you have to, like, read the whole Bible uh, in a year, every single year, um, just know that your pastor has read Colossians 1 <laughs> All year. So um, I, then I read the neighboring one. We did a whole bunch. Those are my two chapters I really dug into. So um, it's okay to read the same thing over and over and over again. So, um, but here's something that's bubbled up because new things come up and I still don't understand it. And, you know, so one of the things that's come up in my reading of Colossians 1 is this phrase that sticks out. It's verse uh, 19 and it says this For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. 
For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. I'm, I'm not sure. I, it's, it's October, right? Yes. It's October, and I, I'm not sure I understand that all the way. I feel like there's so, I, I don't know that I understand the depths of what this means still, um, but I'm so curious about it, and, and um, I've been sticking on this phrase, in Christ. I read uh, recently that Paul uses um, the phrase, uh, in Christo, or in Christ, something like 70 times in his letters. 70 times. 70 is not a small number uh, in the Bible. It is, it is a big number. That, that's, a, that's a worth paying attention to number. When something gets repeated over and over and over again, that usually kind of acts like a highlighter, like, oh, I, there's something there. Um, and so I've been asking myself, why? Why does he say in Christ 70-something times uh, in, in his letters? And I think it's this. This is what I've landed to. Um, I think it's because over and over and over and over again, he is trying to tell us about this, like, bigger, wider, larger life uh, that we've been invited to be part of. It's Paul over and over and over again reminding us that uh, becoming a Christian, following Jesus, it isn't just an invitation to love Jesus. That's part of it. Uh, But that it's also an invitation into life in Christ. Not just to love Jesus, but to participate in what he's doing. To participate in the work of renewal everywhere as Jesus makes peace with everything in heaven and on earth. Uh, Because of God's fullness, it lives in Christ, and Christ lives in us. It's this invitation uh, to be part of this. The fullness of God's love lives in Christ. The fullness of God's peace, of his hope, his mercy, all of those things live in Christ, and we have been invited into that, into fullness, into something bigger and wider and larger than I think a lot of us uh, live Uh, Which brings me to my second thing uh, before we jump into practicing today. And it's this question, why is it so hard for us to live in that bigger and wider story? I get paid to do this, and it's hard for me to live in this bigger, wider story. Um, And I think there are probably a load of answers for why this is. Um, But this is how I've been answering this question personally this week. And, And I actually used this quote a few weeks ago, and so I think it's also how Quite a few of you um, are answering this question personally based on feedback. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I read a quote that I stole from Chad before he could preach on it, um, which is, I thought, an excellent move of mine. Um, but it's by a vineyard pastor named Alan Scott, and I want to revisit uh, this quote again. Sometimes there's a preacher trick where you uh, read something really brilliant, and then you try to say it in your own words to everything. But sometimes I think the best thing preachers can do is just let the person who said it perfectly say it perfectly. So uh, I'm going to read this quote. It is a really, really long one. I told Glenn I, I was giving him carpal tunnel this week for all of the slides. So um, if, you, if you love it, uh, you can take pictures of it. That won't freak me out. Although, please edit me to look like a supermodel if you're going to post them. Um, but um, but I, I want to read this together. So uh, follow along with me if you can. Um, I think part of the reason that we do not, or it's hard for us to uh, walk in, in Christo, in Christ, is because of what Alan Scott says here. He says this. We are painfully aware of our weakness, our imperfections, and our failures. We wonder, how can I talk about the night and day difference Christ makes in a life when at times my own life is a mess? So here's what we tend to do. We work on sorting out our life before we share it. And of course, our lives are never really sorted. And that's okay. It's more than okay. 
It is divine design. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Our communities are drawn to brokenness more than excellence. We try to impress them with our brilliance, but our brokenness and imperfection are our greatest gifts. Focus on sharing your life before you sort it. You don't need to have it all together before you give it all away. Indeed, you won't find the life you are looking for until you start to share the life you have. Ouch. Uh, You can't sell something that's broken, but as believers... We have nothing to sell, and we have everything to share. You can't share something until it's broken. People around us, they need our brokenness as much as our wholeness. People in your industry, your family, your community, they have been so scarred by life that they are desperate to know if it's possible to recover. If you have a neat, sanitized life, they are never going to ask you to explain where your hope comes from. They'll never ask you how you deal with stress or unforgiveness or debt. However, if you vulnerably open up your pain, with integrity open up your past, they will see there is hope. They will start asking, how did you recover? How are you recovering? What is the source of your hope? I love that. What is the source of your hope? A life in Christ is the source of our hope. Uh, So this is where I want to start our practice today. All right, stars, we're going to do um, a, a, a prayer called an examine. Anybody ever done one before? Yeah, okay. Um, an examine, um, it was, this is, it, personally, this is something I try to do a lot. I, I want to do things that you can do in your own house. So you can do this in your own house um, or in your car, wherever you are. Uh, this is something I try to do regularly. It's something I wish I did every day because it has been so formative and so huge uh, in um, my own life. Um, the examine is a prayer that St. Ignatius created. Uh, who uh, Ignatius uh, started the Jesuits. If you've heard of the Jesuits, they've done all sorts of wild things. Um, and, and to be a Jesuit, uh, Ignatius required that you prayed this prayer every single day and examine every single day. He called it uh, the prayer of consciousness um, because his hope for this prayer was, was that it would, it would wake people up, that through this prayer practice, people of God would wake up to the ways and the move and the presence and the activity of God in their lives. Um, Essentially what it is, is it's just a slow prayer that uh, allows you to kind of review your life. It's uh, my friend Chase Whitmire, um, when he asks you how you are, he'll say something called red dot. And he uses like, uh, you know, on IMAPs, how you can like put a dot or put, put, put a pin in. And that's basically, he's like, where are you? Like, where's your red dot? I think this prayer is really similar to that. Where are you? Um, and so uh, it's, it's essentially this slow prayer that, that you review just a really short time. So as we pray together, I, I want you to think about like the last 24 hours, maybe this weekend, maybe this week, um, but maybe don't go too much further than that. It's, it really is a red dot where you are right now. How do I feel in this moment uh, right now? So we're going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to slowly lead us through this prayer. Um, I stole this one from a book called Reimagining the Ignatian Examine by Mark Thibodeau. Um, And if you're looking for something, maybe you're bored in your own uh, spending time with Jesus, this book is awesome. You can email me, and I'll I'll send you, or text me or something, and I'll send you the title again, because I don't know if you know how to spell Thibodeau, but I'm certain I misspelled it here. So, um, 
So anyway, here's what I want you to do. Uh, Brad's going to come out again, and he's going to play. Oh, there you go. Uh, he's going to play some music uh, through this whole thing because um, we're just going to kind of let it be quiet. So you know, if your kids are in here, don't freak out. That we're fine. They can do what they do. Um, so uh, so get comfy in your chair, um, and you can do whatever posture works for you. You can close your eyes and bow your head if that helps you pray. Um, I'm always the creepo that leaves my eyes wide open during a prayer. I'll stare at you while you're praying. Um, You you do whatever is comfortable for you, whatever position uh, you want to be in. Um, If you're a writer, I put cards sporadically. You can move around. There's some in the back or on these front rows and pins. Um, If you're a journaler, then, then write down your answers to this. That's totally... Fine. I'm a hippie, so we're using the back side of a card we used a few weeks ago. <laughs> so recycle, right? Um, okay, so uh, yeah, so we're just going to be quiet together. This is going to be like a long Selah, uh, and I'm going to invite you to join me. I'm going to um, uh, kind of prompt you in eight steps. So it'll be like eight uh, small prayers um, from you. We'll spend a couple minutes on each. And um, here's one thing. If you get distracted during this, uh, two things. One, you might have ADD and welcome to our club. Uh, and two, it's fine. Like if your mind wonders, it's okay. Like I think part of the reason we don't spend time with Jesus is the shame we feel that we're doing it wrong or that in some, if you fall asleep, it's okay. We're going to let you be, um, but it's okay. If you get distracted, just be gentle with yourself and try to find your way back to wherever we are at whatever point we're in. These can work on their own. So if you miss one, uh, no big deal. So, okay. First thing, this is step one. Uh, Close your eyes if you want, but everybody take a deep breath. For me, I like to start out prayer uh, with a deep breath because to me, it's a signal to my mind and my body that I'm trying to be present here, that I want to be here in this moment. So deep breath in and deep breath out. Okay, step two. Um, I want to start by acknowledging the presence of God in this room, that God's fullness is here. We believe that when the people of God gather together, so his spirit is there. And so in my experience, God has been in the business of showing up in this room over and over again. And I have full expectation that he will today too. So sometimes for me, this prayer is as simple as just saying, come Holy Spirit. So we'll just take a minute and wake up to the presence of God here. Okay, let's spend um, a few moments now in gratitude. Um, Just thank God for one or two good things. They can be big. They can be small. Uh, Something that you've kind of woken up to in the last 24 hours or days or this week. A couple good things that you can be grateful for. time on this one. We're going to reflect and pray on three things. Um, The first one, um, 
and this may be new to some of you, so I, I will lead you through it and direct you through it. Um, but I want to spend a few minutes thinking and reflecting on your relationship with God. Um, wherever it is, uh, my, my hope is that we'll be courageous enough to be honest about uh, where that is. So how is it? How is your relationship with God? Do you feel close? Do you feel distant? Uh, we read in James uh, a few weeks ago that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. Uh, do you feel that nearness in your life right now? What do you feel when you think about this? Do you feel joy when you think about your relationship with God or gratitude or shame or fear or bored? Maybe bored. Do you feel uh, what our scripture lesson from today said? Do you um, feel holy and blameless without a single fault when you think about this? We'll just take a few minutes here. How do you feel about your relationship with God? But if you want to stay in that one, you just stay there. Um, but the second thing I want to think about is let's spend a few minutes reflecting and thinking about our relationship with others. Uh, how have you been lately when others are around? A question we ask in our family a lot is, how are you showing up? How are you showing up in the world, in your family? Are you uh, grumpy or friendly or passive, affirming, distant? close, bothered, numb, thankful? Is there um, a particular relationship that has been unusually good in your life? Or maybe a relationship that has been unusually tricky or draining or difficult? I want to um, pause here and give us a few minutes to think and pray and open up as honestly as we can to God about how we feel about our relationships with other people right now. Again, you don't have to move on if you're not ready to. Um, uh, let's spend, this is, our, this is our last one of our three things. Let's spend a few minutes thinking and reflecting about our relationships with ourselves, which might sound uh, very weird to you, but how do you feel about yourself? 
Do you like yourself in this season of life? Uh, are you frustrated? When you think about yourself, do you feel proud or mad or maybe tender or harsh? Um, and when you think about those feelings, what factors in your life have led to these feelings or these attitudes or this posture about yourself? I think this is a really hard one uh, to do for so many of us. So one more question. If uh, Colossians 1 is true, if, if, Jesus, if God has made peace with everything on earth through Jesus, do you feel that peace within yourself this morning? Are you feeling the brokenness that we read from Alan Scott? Are you struggling to live uh, and share the life you actually have? So we're just going to pause here for just a few minutes and think and pray about how we see uh, ourselves. And, and if this sounds weird to you and you aren't even sure really what to pray here, this is a good time to just ask God for his perspective on it. So we've reflected on three relationships, our relationship with God, with others, with ourselves. Um, and so for our, this is step number seven. So just two more left. Um, which of these three, um, as you've been quiet and prayerful, which of them has felt the most powerful for you uh, to reflect on which one gave you maybe the strongest emotional response or maybe just held your attention the longest you spaced out less on that one or maybe the one that made you the most uncomfortable uh, what what is kind of bubbling to the surface and so for the next few moments I just want you to revisit that one revisit the the one um, and, and and talk to God about it this is a moment maybe asking God for forgiveness where forgiveness is needed uh, maybe to give thanks where thanks is needed ask God for peace where peace might be needed Maybe ask God, where does this relationship need to shift or grow or be nurtured or what things might you need to uh, stop doing or let go of or, or start doing? Um, and I want to invite you here to ask God to give you some sort of truth or insight on how to help you move forward here. How do you move forward in Christo, in Christ uh, with someone you love or maybe healing inside your own head or heart or uh, with God. So we'll just take a few minutes, listen to what's bubbling up and spend some time on it. usually always ends with some sort of invitation or like a call to action. My, I have a spiritual director that leads me through things like this. And 
she'll say a lot, um, what is God inviting you into? Or she, I love when she phrases it this way. She'll say, what do you want God to invite you into? So let's just take a few minutes here and ask this question. God, what are you inviting me into? What specifically can I do today or tomorrow regarding this relationship that's kind of bubbled up my relationship with you or others or myself? This isn't what can I do over the course of a month or a year. We're not making a five-year plan uh, to strengthen your relationship with God. This is what can I do today or tomorrow regarding this relationship. And we'll ask God to help us here with some sort of action step. So, Father, we thank you uh, for a moment with you, quiet moment. I pray that um, you, I don't know, we trust you that you will take these things and keep these things. Um, I pray that you would remind us of what you said to us this morning. And for those of us who, we didn't hear anything. And this was kind of weird or boring or what whatever I just pray for the mercy uh, to know that that your presence sometimes doesn't feel how we expect it to um, we thank you we thank you that um, you would dare to let your fullness be near to us and be in us and so I just pray that as we leave this room that we would believe that we leave with that fullness in your name amen <laughs>